Welcome to the Shari Tzedek Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Here you'll find a live recording of just about every sermon, Devar Torah, teaching, or story from our Arab Shabbat and High Holy Day services. We know that you wish you could be with us more often, and we understand life getting in the way is not a bad thing. To live Jewishly is to understand that just as important as it is that Judaism happens in the synagogue, it's even more important to live Jewishly in your home and on your way. So here we are, in your home, on your way, maybe even on your morning run. If you ever have any questions or want to continue the discussion, let one of us know, and make sure you check out our live stream and YouTube channel for more ways that Shari Tzedek is available to you on demand. Keep an eye on your shofar and email so that when you're able, you can be with us as well. Looking forward to seeing you soon. So I don't know if we mentioned it during our welcome, but in addition to being joined by the Zafert and Mayer families, and so excited to have you all here, we have another group that is with us today, which is our 20s, 30s. And it's always so nice um, to have, I mean, we always have at least some 20s, 30s uh, with us. We always have at least one. Um, that used to be my job. That used to be my job. I, I officially aged out last year. Um, almost all of you, not all of you, I think if you're under 25, you're officially Gen Z. But almost all of our 20s, 30s are millennials. And I was looking online, as, as rabbis often do when we're trying to figure out what we're going to talk about for our sermons. But millennials, believe it or not, depending on which research you're looking at, are either the happiest of the generations or the unhappiest of the generations. They're either most content in their jobs or least content. In their jobs. And the favorite stat that I had was in one statistic, um, 60% of millennials found great meaning and purpose at work, which made them the most fulfilled generation in that category. But also 46% of millennials were looking for a new job in the next 12 months, which was also the highest of the generations. So how is it that you can be both the happiest and the unhappiest at the same time. I say you, I am a cusper, so I'm half of you. Um, and I'm half of Gen X, and I don't know where they were in the, uh, in the category. So how is it that you can be the happiest and the unhappiest at the same time? And I am not just speaking to, to millennials. I think there is a lesson that we all can learn, and believe it or not, it might be found in this week's Torah portion. So, you didn't believe it. Um, this week's Torah portion is called Akev, and I'm going to read from the eighth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And remember, the book of Deuteronomy is Moses speaking to the Israelites. The whole book is really Moses' last words before the people go into the promised land. Moses will not be going with them. So Moses says to the people, you shall faithfully observe all the instruction that I enjoin upon you today that you may thrive and increase and be able to possess the land that Adonai promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember the long way that Adonai, your God, has made you travel in the wilderness these past 40 years. 
in order to test you by hardships to learn what was in your hearts, whether you would keep the divine commandments or not. God subjected you to the hardship of hunger and then gave you manna to eat that miracle dew that would give us sustenance each morning, which neither you nor your ancestors had ever known, in order to teach you that a human being does not live on bread alone, but that one may live on anything that Adonai decrees. So we're reminded of the time when we were surviving on the absolute minimum. We were literally eating dew off of the grass in order, well, probably off of the sand in the desert, but to have enough to eat. The clothes upon you did not wear out, nor did your feet swell during these 40 years. Bear in mind that Adonai, your God, disciplines you just as a parent disciplines a child. Therefore, keep the commandments of your God, Adonai, walk in God's ways and show reverence. This is the Moses worried that the people aren't going to follow the laws once he's not with them anymore. For your God, Adonai, is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and springs and fountains issuing from plain and hill, a land of wheat and barley, of vines, figs, and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, no more dew for you. A land where you may eat food without stint, where you will lack nothing. A land whose rocks are iron and from whose hills you can mine copper. And then the Hebrew, and we're going to see, how many of you went to Jewish summer camp? Okay. The achalta v'savata uverachta et Adonai Elohecha. Now when I do it with the proper accents, you probably don't recognize it. But if I sing, kakatuv. Ve'achalta v'savata uverachta et Adonai Elohecha. From Birkat Hamazon, the blessing after the meal, you shall eat, you shall be satisfied, and you shall give thanks to Adonai, your God, for the good land given to you. Of all of the blessings that we say in Judaism, the blessing before we eat bread, the motzi, the blessing before we light the candles, all the blessings that we said for Shabbat, the blessings when you see a rainbow, when you see someone beautiful, the blessing after you go to the bathroom. Did you all know that one is there? It is a blessing. Those are all blessings that come later in our tradition. This is the only blessing that's commanded in the Torah. You shall eat, you shall be full, and you shall give thanks to Adonai, your God, for the good land given to you. So we contrast this time in the wilderness when we were wanting for more, when we were always wondering if our next meal was going to come, because even that miracle manna, right, the people didn't take for granted. We know that the Israelites were always complaining in the wilderness, always saying things like, if only we were still slaves in Egypt where at least we knew that we were going to have food to eat and water to drink. We were always wanting more. And here we're told, once you're in the promised land and you have more than you could ever need, don't forget where you were and make sure to give thanks. Make sure to be grateful. Right? That makes sense. When we eat our, our fill, when we have everything we need, we should be grateful. But the rabbis of the Talmud are going to turn things around a little bit. In Brachot, 
Rabbi Meir holds that and you shall eat refers to eating, you shall be satisfied refers to drinking. And the standard of eating, the amount of food that you would need to eat in order to say Birkat Hamazon. Remember, the Torah says when you eat and you are full. But the amount that you would need to eat is an olive's worth. An olive's worth. So you can imagine the size of an olive. That's probably a big one. If you eat that much bread, you have to say Birkat Hamazon. Now Rabbi Yehuda will say, no, that's not quite enough. You shall eat and you shall be satisfied refers to eating an amount which satisfies, and this would be an egg's worth. This is a common debate in Talmud, whether it's an olive's worth or an egg's worth. But still, think about an egg's worth of bread, the amount of bread that would fit into an egg. Still not what most of us would consider to be a large meal. So how can it be that the rabbis would take this small amount of food and say, even if that's all you've eaten, you're still going to say Birkat Hamazon, the blessing you eat when you're full. Now, it could have been a little bit of psychology. And I wanted to share this with you. There was some research done in 2011 by a scientist named Alia Crum. She was an assistant professor of psychology at Stanford at the time. And she made giant batches of a French vanilla milkshake that had 300 calories per serving. But she put that milkshake, do you know this? She put the milkshake into two different bottles. One was called Sensa Shake and was advertised as having zero fat, no added sugar, and only 140 calories. The other bottle was called Indulgence, labeled as high in fat and sugar, containing 620 calories. But remember, both milkshakes only had 300 calories. Sure enough, those who drank the indulgent shake felt fuller, and those who drank Sensa shake were still hungry. And there was science to back it up. There's a hormone called ghrelin, called the hunger hormone, and it was measured significantly different in the two groups. So in this case, thinking you should be full made you full. Now, I taught this to the students at Hillel School yesterday, and was talking about the, the beginning of the year and how excited I hoped they were for beginning the school year. And what I suggested is that there were going to be days in which they were completely satisfied with what they had learned. Every class was amazing, they had fun, and they learned, they had a good time with friends, and it would be really easy to go home on those days and say, thank you, God, for the day that I just had. And there would be other days that felt terrible where they didn't like their teachers, there was a test that they weren't ready for, their friends were mean to them. It was on those days that I suggested that they should look back at their day and try to find an olives or an eggs worth of value, something good that had happened that they would be able to be grateful. But it didn't mean that even as they were grateful that that had to be enough. And I think this is the beauty in what we saw in our millennials, and this is let's put the milkshakes aside, that we don't have to trick ourselves, that we can live in both worlds. How amazing would it be if every single day we were able to look back and say, there are things for us to be grateful for. There are good things that happen today. There are ways in which I've learned and ways in which I've grown. And at the same time, I can't be content with that. Because whatever happened today, I have the potential of doing more 
tomorrow. So to eat, to be satisfied, and to bless doesn't mean that you say that it's enough. So for our B'nai Mitzvah students who are here, for our 20s, 30s, for all of us who are here today, my prayer for you as we start to look ahead to the next year, and we don't want to admit how close Rosh Hashanah is, but as we start to look ahead to the next year and we start to reflect on the year that has passed, we can do the exact same thing. It has been another strange year. We keep saying that. But in this year, I hope that we can look back and we can see these amazing things, these things for which we can be grateful, the ways in which we have been completely satisfied and also be wanting. And not just wanting more, but thinking of the ways in which we can create more. To be super happy in our job and also be looking to see if there's a way in which we can make a bigger difference. May we all be even more satiated in the year to come and left wanting even more in the year after that. Kenya Hiratzon, may this be God's will. Amen. Now.